Welcome to the Inspired Improbable Mompreneur Podcast, where we cover all things mom entrepreneur from idea to empire. I'm Angela Bell, mom, wife, serial entrepreneur, and general lover of all things pink and sparkly. I firmly believe that moms make the best entrepreneurs, and the best way to be the queen of your mom life is by creating time and financial freedom through your own business. Big or small, we are going to talk about them all. Let's get started, shall we? Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Inspired and Profitable Mompreneur Podcast. It's really great to have you all here today. Today, we have Dr. Sarah Allen, author of the book, Raising Brain. So I think this is going to be really beneficial for all of us. If you're not driving, grab a pen and paper, take some notes, because we are all raising little brains, aren't we? Thank you, Dr. Sarah, for joining us today. It's great to have you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So tell us a bit more about who you are and this concept of raising brains. Sure, absolutely. So I'm a pediatric neuropsychologist, uh, which really means that I like to translate the brain science to behavior. And in my case, in particular, I really like to take the science and make it applicable to everyday life. I'm kind of a translator in that way because I uh, I always hated reading research and then not knowing what it could do for me as a mom and as a person in general. And so I wrote the book, Raising Brains, to really help moms be able to interpret all of the science of the brain into practice. And I'm a busy woman myself. And so I want it efficiently and effectively applied. Um, and that's really what I've really been all about is just accessibility of this information so that we can take it and quickly and, and easily use it every single day. That's amazing. Yeah. Cause I know a lot of books on, you know, information about brains and behaviors can be, especially for someone like myself, who is not science-based can be a little high level, hard to understand, but that you translate it for us. We wanted to make sure it's really easy to, to, to get out there. And also, you know, I, when I go to a specialist, you know, I want to know what that means for me. And so that was really what I wanted to try to do, because if I gave you a rule book for your kids and said, do this, not that, do this, not that your kids would have you break it in the first few seconds. And they never give you one that's the same kid. You know, you have one kid, you get good at it. And then you get another kid and they're completely different. Um, or in your case with twins, you get them both at the same time and they're both probably pretty different. And so what I wanted to do was teach people how to think. And so the concept raising brains is really about seeing your kids like little brains instead of like little kids, because it does a couple of things for us. You know, the first is that it takes out the emotional layer because you become this brain detective and you're really looking for skills that you want to build instead of trying to manage behavior or getting them to behave a certain way. Behavior is really just their way of talking to us their way of asking for help or their way of trying to communicate something. And so if we start to think of them like a little brain, then we start to kind of figure them out, use your emotional reaction and allow you to actually be able to quickly and effectively help them. Amazing. So where do we start with this sort of thing? How do I start looking at my child like a little brain? So the first thing is to start asking questions. So I always say there are two magic questions. What does this little brain need to learn? What can I teach this little brain? And so every time you're looking at your kids, if you're thinking, what does this little brain need to learn? What can I teach this little brain? It's going to start training your brain to start thinking about, again, identifying what we want to build in them. Because we forget sometimes, especially busy working moms, honestly, all moms are busy, whether you're <laughs> we're working at something that's for sure. And so we sometimes forget to slow down and think about what we're trying to do with our kids. And what we're trying to do is raise them to be happy and successful and connected. 
And kids don't just pop out that way. They have to learn how to be that way. So I think, especially over the pandemic, we learned that we really have to start to be teachers in a lot of ways. So the first thing we need to do is figure out what we need to teach. So if we think, what does this little brain need to learn? What can I teach this little brain? Then we start seeing things differently. So if you have a young kid, we'll use a toddler as a first example. Um, they're kicking and screaming on the floor um, because you went to hand them juice and suddenly they dropped, right? There. And if you look on Instagram, there's tons of things about toddlers and, and those uh, that kind of thing. But what's interesting about it is now if I look at that as a question, uh, what does that little brain need to learn? What can I teach this little brain? It's probably one of two things. They didn't want juice <laughs> and they didn't like it very much. And so they need to use their words to tell you what they want. That's one cue. Or maybe it's to control that emotional response because they're all emotion at that age. And so we want to help them figure out how to calm their bodies down before they can then use their words to ask for what they want. So in one way, we're teaching about emotion regulation or we're teaching about communication. But if you start looking at your kids and their patterns in that way and start thinking that way, um, you're going to figure that out. As kids get older, asking these questions to yourself looks more like, what can I do to support you? What's happening with you right now? Tell me what you mean when you say that, because what we're trying to pull for is what's happening with them. So, you know, let's give a preteen example, just to jump a few ages. If you have them, you know, issues with some friends, maybe they come home and they've had a fight with friends. Instead of calling the other moms and fixing the problem and trying to get involved, if we say, you know, well, what happened? What do you think they meant by that? You know, do you think that they were trying to hurt your feelings? What do you think they thought? You know, now I'm starting to use something called reflective questioning, and I'm trying to ask them questions to get their brains to start to develop some social skills and some communication skills. And so really have a different way of thinking about their brain than just to fix the problem and go say either, well, you're in a fight, so go to your room, or I'm going to call, you know, Susie's mom and tell her she's not allowed to play with my kid again. You know, those are two very different ways of thinking about it. So two magic questions, what does this little brain need to learn? And what can I teach this little brain are two things that can be really effective. I guess when we're then looking at kind of their experience or behavior kind of you mentioned before with the toddler like two categories so there's like emotional regulation or uh, using words which I feel like when they were younger I might have stood a chance on figuring it out but when they kind of get to you know five six minor six turning seven and they start to have a whole lot more going on but they don't have the robust language to describe it how do we start to continue that questioning for ourselves to get to the root of what is it like, cause I'm guessing it's not surface level all the time. Right. Exactly. And actually I love what you said. So you said that they don't have the language to tell you all the time. So you just started already becoming that brain detective to identify that skill. So the skill is, is really language communication skills that you're you know kind of primarily working on. I can tell just by listening to what you're saying that that's something they're going to work on. But I'm guessing it also has to do with some emotion regulation. We usually have a category there. And so when you have kids who have a lot of emotions and you know yours are six and really from that age up, you're going to start to get that. You're right. There's a complexity to their behavior and to their thoughts. There's a couple things that we can do, but the emotion regulation in, in particular is going to be important. That's usually tied with some language. So we're always trying to give words to how they think and feel. And if you start young, it's easier to build up. If you already have an older kid, you can still do some of this through modeling. But the idea is always going to be to identify the emotion, the thought, 
whatever is going on so that you can start to tie that with the thoughts and the behaviors over time. So it's always emotions to thoughts to behavior. And we kind of want to go about that. But some tricks of the trade would be you see uh, changes in your kids' behavior. Kids talk with their behavior. I'm going to say it again. Kids talk with their behavior, which means that when you see something that's out of the norm of their behavior, that's them trying to tell you something. So there's two kinds of brains I like to talk about. One is an Audi brain and one is an any brain. And an Audi brain is going to really speak with their behavior. They're going to be throwing things, yelling, being ornery, not listening, and that kind of thing. All of those, that Audi brain uh, is getting emotion out. That's actually a good thing. Once it comes out, we can start to shape it. So that's what we're kind of working on. So once we start to figure out their pattern, we can start to kind of identify what they're going to need. And they are really loud. So they always call your attention to it pretty quickly. But if you have an any brain, which means that they kind of withdraw and pull back a little bit, they might get a little grumbly or they kind of want to go to the room a lot more, just be away from people. Those are harder to catch because they are quiet. And when we're moving quickly, the quiet sometimes, and we know silence is bad. We'll go find silence pretty quick as moms. But that middle of kind of the start to withdrawal can sometimes be harder to catch. And any brain puts everything inside and pushes it down. So that brain doesn't even know generally how they're thinking or feeling. They just kind of have these behaviors where they start to withdraw. So for an any brain, if that's your kind of kiddo, what you want to go in there and do is start to figure out, just label emotions, just give ideas for why they might be feeling yucky because they just know they feel yucky or moody. They don't really know why. And I'm sure some of the moms listening are also thinking of themselves, which is important to recognize your own patterns here, right? Because even for me, sometimes I don't know how I'm feeling. I have to go back and try to fish. And so what I do sometimes is think about all different kinds of things until something gets me upset. And then that's how I can figure out what's bothering me. Well, you can do that with your kids too. You know, how are things at school with friends? You know, sometimes when I get in a fight with my friend, I feel sad. Do you think that, did you get in a fight with a friend or sometimes when I'm not doing as well in school or when I'm not doing as well at my job, you know, that bothers me or um, I don't like sometimes when being told what to do, could that be what's going on? And I call it like throwing spaghetti at a wall and you just give them ideas about how they might be feeling. And then you kind of know how to help target for that brain. So what we're really trying to do is, again, figure out the patterns of the brain, find the right tool that they need and use it in the right way. And once you've learned those tricks and you start to think about those patterns of thinking and think about everything as a skill, their behavior becomes a message for you. And you can start to figure out, okay, what, I'm not going to listen to the delivery. <laughs> I'm going to listen to the message and start to figure out um, what that brain needs. And just by talking out like you just did, you know, you can identify those goals. And I think as moms, sometimes we have to step back and do this for ourselves and just start talking out loud how we're thinking and feeling so that our kids learn the words that they need to be able to, to learn things like emotion, problem solving. Like how many problems do you solve in your head? Instead of talking out loud, if you start to talk those out loud, your kids will start to pick up on a lot of those patterns. And so to tie in a bit with what you were saying about modeling for older children and kind of what you touched on just there, how can we as adults start to, I guess, recognize our own behavior patterns or like figure out if we're, you know, an innie brain or an outie brain and figure out maybe if we need more words to describe our emotions, like, and start to really be able to regulate our own emotions so that we can then help our children learn that. Great question. A lot of this is about self-awareness and I have a course about this and a challenge about this too, if people want to get really and dig into this, but in general, it does come from self-awareness. You know, we can't change anything we're not aware about. 
Um, and we have part of our brain deep inside called the amygdala. I call her Amy G because she's just so emotional. She's our emotion center. And then you've got the frontal lobe. I call her Franny. Um, and Franny is really running the show with the problem solving and her major responsibility is regulation. So her responsibility is regulating thought, behavior, pulling, deciding what's coming out of the brain. And so she has this relationship with Amy G where she kind of goes back and forth with Amy G. So when our emotions go up, Amy G, I picture her like a puffer fish that, uh, and if anyone is listening with a preteen, you probably have a puffer fish in your home where anything you said, it just puffs up, it gets really spiky and you kind of are like walking on eggshells. That's everybody's emotion center. Then Amy G is responsible for calming her down and getting her to go back to normal without the little poofs and spikes, right? So that's the dynamic that's happening in the brain. The Amy G is really deep inside the brain. We keep the stuff that's deep inside of our brain for protection. And there it's also kind of our instinctual part of our brain. So that runs without our knowledge a lot of times. The idea is to pull things up to Franny and pull things up to the higher uh, centers of our brain so that we can really work with them. So you asked the question, what can we do as adults? Insight into our own thoughts and feelings and emotions helps us to model this for our kids. Um, and we can also model goal setting, you know, for very, uh, for women who are used to work environments that have goals and they're setting them for themselves. Um, you can do this at home too. So something as simple as something called a glow and grow chart is where I will often recommend you start because you list things on one side, where are you glowing? Are you just rocking life and doing really, really well? And where do you need to grow? And what are your goals? And do that for yourself and every adult in the family. And then do that for the kids and every kid in the family. And now everybody has a place that they're working on and you become this team that's working on things together. And that's a growth mindset approach. So when you're trying to grow, instead of just have something or don't, you're not, there's no failure. There's only room for growth. That's what's sort of start to create this mindset of what skills do I need to build? What can I work on? And you build those things up together. Now you're modeling just that concept of finding a skill and building it and working on it. So then when you go to ask those questions to your kids, what's happening with you? What can I do to support you? Tell me what's going on in your body right now. Those questions become natural questions to ask and natural questions to answer. And you start doing it for yourself and you'll start to notice, wait a minute, I do push my emotions really far down inside. And I, I do get grumpy and don't really know why. I think I might be in any brain. And instead of doing that all in your head, start to say it out loud. I just found out, I think I'm in any brain. And I think that what I need to do is learn how to figure out what I'm feeling. One of the best strategies for that might be, I think I'm going to journal every day and say like, on a scale from one to five, I feel this way today. And something that happened that was really good was this. And something that happened that wasn't so good was this. And you know, this week I'm going to work on that. And for any brain, that's a great strategy because that starts to tell you how you're thinking and feeling. Um, and you're just opening up that conversation. And as in any brain, as an adult, you can do that with your child. You can do that with your partner. You can do that with your mom. You can do that with your friends. But when you're doing that out loud and you're learning as you go along, just that conversation provides a model for your kids because they learn how to talk about it, right? I mean, I can't say how many times your kid, right? I'm sure you've had this experience, comes in the room and says something that you say all the time. And it just sounds funny coming from a little six-year-old, right? So you'll see that come out in good ways when you start to model. I like that a lot. I'm now realizing I think I'm an any brain, uh, <laughs> which is good. To, it's a good place to start. 
So that's really, yeah. I like the idea of the glow and grow chart. Do you have a template on how that's done or? Yeah, on my website at brainbehaviorbridge.com, you can find a a template for it too. Again, if you're interested in digging into it a little bit more, I have a five-day challenge also available on the website that will start to kind of just give you little bits of the, so that you can understand this process for yourself. You also have a course that's available on my website too, that digs into it even more. Finding that a lot of people didn't like the a group session, and I do have a Facebook group for people who do like groups, but if you need more individual uh, work too, we can do strategy sessions because sometimes it doesn't take a full eight weeks, 12 weeks. Sometimes it's just digging into it for you know one hour and figuring out what's important to you as a mom and where you want to see your kids grow and where you want to go. And we can do that within an hour and set you up and go. And so that's been the most fun actually is getting lots of moms from all places to say, you know, you do these kinds of goal settings all the time. You know how to run an office very well. We're just going to now run the home uh, and apply it in that way. And that's been pretty successful for people too. So what's interesting too, is when people go to do that glow and grow chart, sometimes they have trouble with the glow side and sometimes they have trouble with the grow side. So I would encourage you if you're listening and you're going to try this at home to pay attention to the process of creating that chart and just see which side you have more trouble with, because that also helps start to create that insight for you to figure out where are your, the issues that you um, can start to address and start to become insightful about so that you can start to build those skills up. Cause everything you do as a mom to build up your skills impacts your kids. They, they need you to do it too. It's not something that you can implement just on them. It's something you want to do for yourself that will translate. Down. That's great. I'm thinking of so many things right now. My my mind is going a mile a minute. I'm like, okay, well, first of all, I will probably struggle on the glow side. Something I really want just to touch on quickly because a lot of um, the audience are not just moms, but they're mom entrepreneurs. And when you're being, when you're a mom and you're running a business, there's can often struggle with the guilt that comes along with investing your time into growing something other than your children. And I know you mentioned that you had an article in Forbes. And I think this really relates here because I think if we can help our children be ambitious or aspire to big goals, it's a great way to bring those two worlds together because we're tying our own ambition with helping our children learn it. So could you just touch a bit on the article and what we can gain from it? Yeah, the article was talking about how being ambitious is good for your kid's brain. And I'm going to say that again, because you're right, being ambitious is good for your kid's brain. Because remember, everything we do, we're teaching to our children. So, um, you know, we have a lot of mom guilt and actually I, um, if you're a newer mom, um, or, you know, a new mom, I just created a new mom box that has a whole lesson about mom guilt as well as raising brains and parenting styles because of this topic. Um, but I think that we often are feeling bad about taking time away from them, but the model of being ambitious, and I'm an entrepreneur myself, and a mompreneur myself, I should say. And so, yes, the guilt is always going to be there. But the idea is to start to talk about those feelings. I mean, being an entrepreneur provides the best teachable moments for things like emotion management, for stress reduction, the need for stress reduction, the um, the juggle that you have to do, the problem solving you have to do, and then the balance of work and family. I mean, these are all lessons we want to teach our kids. We don't want our kids growing up thinking, oh, well, you know, this is the only way to balance life and home is work nine to five. You go into an office, you come home, you take care of kids. That's none of an entrepreneur's life, generally speaking. Um, 
and even non, you know, most people working nowadays, there's some, there's some juggle if they're working from home, they're running out to do kids. So it's never, it's not this one specific thing anymore. So my recommendation for people feeling guilty is to do those glow and grow charts because it will remind you of the skills everyone in the family is trying to build. And when you do that, then you're focused on that. So, okay, Susie's really interested in building her friendships up. She wants to, she wants to really work on being a good friend. And I've had 12-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 9-year-olds who want to work, even 6-year-olds who want to work on being a good friend, running really fast. I know I can work, but when Susie wants to go to a friend's house or have a friend over, I can say to her, listen, I have some work to do now, but at 5, 10, I can, you can have a friend over and we could do this activity while I'm going to go over and do this podcast and then I'll come back and we can do this because that way you get to be, you get to have your friend over and do good friend things. And I get to meet my goal of trying to really make this new product come out or really show people what, how I can help them. And saying that out loud in that way is building your kid's brain and it's reducing your mom guilt because you know, you're helping to meet her target goal as well as yours. And you're showing her so many things, right? You're showing her that she's important because you're, and how she feels is important to you. That's a great relationship skill that she's helping you because she's going to meet one of her goals while you're trying to meet one of your goals. So she feels good about supporting that and that there's always a balance in a relationship of, of any kind in terms of how, whose goals are going to be met at which times. So sometimes I put mine aside and sometimes I might say, Hey, you can't have a friend over tonight, but why don't you do it tomorrow? Because if you can let me get, you know, this thing done, I have to run a couple errands for work tonight then tomorrow you can have your friend over and we both kind of get what we need this weekend. It's a great skill. And so instead of feeling guilty and apologizing for these things, really lay them out, target out what things are important to each member of that family, and then start to figure out how to juggle them and which ones are going to come first at which times. And again, you're teaching skills of prioritizing, of problem solving, of meeting the needs of not just you, but somebody else in the family. And then when they get into a relationship and they become a mom, you would never say, no, forget it, give up all your dreams so that you can raise your kids. You wouldn't want that for them. You would want them to be happy and connected as a person before, you know, also being a mom. That's great advice. And I really like that a lot because it is important. You know, I, that's one thing I always think to myself is what am I showing them their adult life should be like, especially with my daughter. I'm like, what am I teaching her about right now when I'm stressing about something or so I, I think that's really, really a great point to think on. So, and I think as an entrepreneur, even as a woman, you know, for, in my life, I lost three kids before I had my current kids, you know, and so you need to have some ability to cope and adapt when bad things happen to you. And you need to be able to make the juggle of, I was working at the time. What do I do? How do I address some of these things? And then um, when my sister was 28, she was diagnosed with breast cancer and she died at 29. And, you know, my kids had to deal with that process while I'm also working and trying to make that juggle. And I think when things like that happen to you, you start to think about what should your adult life look like? What should your life look like as a mom? And that concept of, you know, raise the kids and then figure yourself out. Well, you know, what happens if you get breast cancer at 28 and die at 29? 
And so I'm not suggesting you go out and, you know, so wild oats and live your wild, you know, wild life, but there is a good balance and there can be a happiness in being connected and fulfilled as you're being a mom. And that's the message that I wanted to give my kids and the parents that I work with want to give their kids and the teachers I hope that I work with also will, will give their kids. And I think that that's when you really step back, you have to decide as a person what's important to you and why, and then you can put that into your parenting skills. And then hopefully you're also putting that into your partnerships. And it's not easy. Uh, you know, I just started a podcast with my uh, my partner, Kevin, we have a podcast called What's Happening Here. And this is exactly what we talk about. You know, how do you be a person and a parent and a partner all at the same time and try to juggle those things and taking the science and applying that to, you know, in my, in my life, I'm a divorced, we're a divorced family, we're a blended family. So, you know, there's lots of complicated structures and systems out there. Um, but knowing yourself and what's important to you is what comes first and really having that understanding of where you glow and grow. I love when you said, I think I would have trouble with the glow side, because I would bet you that a good portion of your of people listening probably will have trouble with the glow side and think about what that means for what you're modeling for your kids. And now the understanding of that, right? The insight of that allows you to attend to that and make that a goal of seeing some of these things that you do so well and talking about them out loud and building that skill, not just in yourself, but in your kids. So very insightful. And so can you let the audience know where they can find you? Because I'm sure if I'm finding it this insightful, there's so many women out there that are like, I need to hear more. So where can they find you, find your book, find your courses? Yes, absolutely. So my book is called Raising Brains. Um, and you can find that on Amazon, or you can go to my website, which is brainbehaviorbridge.com. And most of the information and, and the products and the things I talked about are on that site as well. And then, especially just for your population and people listening, you're welcome to email me if you're interested, especially in the new mom product we have coming out. That's not launched yet, but um, very soon after uh, this podcast comes out, we will launch it. So if you want to get on that wait list, you can email me at Dr. Allen, which is D-R-A-L-L-E-N at brainbehaviorbridge.com. And behavior is spelled B-E-H-A-V-I-O-R in this particular case. Um, that's really the main way to get in touch with me. If you want to read that article in Forbes, that's on the website there as well. So if you want, there's five tips for um, how being an ambitious mom helps you raise your kid's brain. So you're welcome to take a look at that too. Thank you, Dr. Sarah Allen. Thank you so much. It has been an eye-opening experience and a real treat. So I really appreciate it. Well, and thank you everybody for joining us on this episode of the Inspired and Profitable Mompreneur. Look forward to seeing you all again next time. Thank you for listening to the Inspired and Profitable Mompreneur podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave a review and tell the other mompreneurs in your life. We rise faster when we work together. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of future episodes. You can follow me, Angela Bell, on Instagram and Facebook at i.am.angelabell and visit my website at angelabell.ca. Until next time, remember, the woman you see when you look in the mirror is exactly what a successful entrepreneur looks like.